All right, guys, what is up? What is happening? How are all the things? You are rocking with your girl, Sherilyn Natty, on the Shades of Strong podcast, where we are doing our part to support Black women and freeing themselves from the burden of being strong by creating safe and sacred spaces for them to uncape, unmask, and unhide so they can be whatever shade of strong that feels right for them. If this is your first time tuning in, hey, girl, hey, thanks for allowing us into the sacred space that is your life. If you've been here before, welcome back, sis. Thanks for letting us hang out with you while you drive to work, while you're cleaning, or while you are just being. Whatever the case may be, thanks for bringing us along. Natty, what is happening? How are you? What you doing? What's your week been like thus far? You know, all the things. It's all the things. Well, the week has been pretty nice, I guess. I I mean, I guess it's just been kind of uneventful and sometimes uneventful is just fine. Sometimes uneventful was good. Is good. So yeah, it's just been kind of that. And I've had some restful moments and that's been great. I am looking forward to starting to keep track of my bingo card activity. So there's that. Yeah, there's that. Because today is February 1st, although when you all listen to to this episode, it will not be February 1st anymore, you know, because time keeps moving. Because tiny whining. keep going, yes. (laughs) (laughs) But today is February 1st, and so Natty did say that she was going to dive into her Nurture Yourself Bingo. So I'm excited to see how that turns out for you. And maybe I'll start checking things off too, because I did it that one time and I haven't done it. But, yeah, um, this is a good yeah. time as any this to just kind of get started. Yeah, yeah. To, you know, to kind of get started. So, and if you haven't gotten your bingo cards, you can grab them in the show notes of this episode because they are there waiting for you. So, guys, for the last couple of weeks, we have been talking about love. In the first week of February, we talked about the love we have for our girlfriends in honor of Valentine's Day, and then. On the second episode, our last week's episode, we talked about self-love and that was in honor of Valentine's Day. And so we all, in the episode, we all also talked about how we've had to unlearn years of lies that people told us about who we are. And, you know, some of the lies that we told ourselves about who we are mm-hmm. that ultimately led to us abandoning ourselves. And for this mm-hmm. third week, I thought it would be interesting to talk about godly love. And how that love has possibly contributed to us abandoning abandoning ourselves. Now, before all my good Christian folk, go clutching your pearls. (laughs) Yeah, don't don't come for us trying to tussle. (laughs) (laughs) Because this is not a let's bash God and his followers episode. That is not what we are here for. Number one, because that's not how we get down over here. We respect the views and opinions of everyone. We might not agree with all of them, but we do respect them because everybody has a right to their view and their opinion. Number two, because in the words of Erica Campbell, I love God, (laughs) like period. (laughs) So (laughs) this is not about to be a let's bash God episode. That's not how it's going down. However, comma, I do want to kind of examine from mine and Natty's perspective some things that we, how do I want to say this now? I do want to kind of examine some things that may have led, oh my gosh, I don't know how I want to word it right now, (laughs) because I don't want to offend. 
I, I just want to examine some of the principles, some of the godly principle, principles and Christian beliefs that may have caused us to abandon who we were created to be. How does yeah. that sound? No, that sounds good. And we don't, well, I'm not going to say, I'm going to speak for myself. I get what Shirley is saying about not wanting to offend anyone, but also I am very much a proponent of speaking one's truth based on what you've experienced, based on just how life has been for you and letting the chips fall where they may. Because one thing that no one can do is judge your own lived experience or tell you how you should feel about your own lived experience. No one has lived your life but you. So the only one that gets to tell you how to feel or what to think about what has gone on in your life and or how to react to what has gone on in your life is you. So when we are speaking our own truth here, and I say our own truth, not in the sense of like, oh, well, it's your truth. That doesn't mean it's the truth. If you don't know by now that truth is like a kaleidoscope and more than one thing can be true at the same time, multiple things can be true at at the same time, the same way we are living in the same time on planet earth. But right here where I live, it's one o'clock and where where Shirley lives, it's noon, but it's still the same time on earth. Like, because outside of earth, there is no such thing as time. So we're both alive in the same moment, but it's different time zones. That's still a truth. That's what I mean when I say my truth. I mean my piece of the full kaleidoscope of truth that there is, because everyone's perspective is different based on who they are absolutely, and what they have been through. So that is what I mean when I say we're speaking our truth here. And that's what we've always been doing in every season of this podcast is speaking our own truth. So if you've been rocking with us for enough, for a long enough time, you know that that's all we're going to be doing. And if you're getting, I don't want to say triggered, if you're getting activated or perhaps even offended by us speaking our own truth, that I gently, very gently and lovingly ask you to examine that. Ask why, ask yourself, why are you feeling that way about someone else expressing their truth about their own life? Right. And just to, just to piggyback off of that, like Natty said, with, as with every episode, the views expressed here are mine and Natty's alone. Mm-hmm. And our intent is never to as judgment or discount your experience. So don't discount ours. <laughs> That's right. We but don't even have the same perspective. Exactly, on we things. don't. <laughs> the purpose of the of any conversation that we have on Shades of Strong is to provoke conversation. Yeah. And perhaps for you to make some lifestyle changes if that feels right for you. Right. So having said all of that, if it doesn't apply, let it fly. Oh, let it fly. He said, doesn't apply, let it fly. Okay, yeah, that part. What Natty said. This is an open conversation between two friends who aren't afraid to go there. Yeah. Take what you need. Never going to be afraid to go there. You're never going to be afraid to go there. You might not like it, but we're going to go there. We still going. We still going. (laughs) (laughs) So take what you need, leave the rest. Leave the rest, yeah. Like I was saying, we've talked... We talked about girlfriend love, self-love. And so today we kind of want to talk about godly love. And and the reason why I want to talk about this is because we've talked a lot about 
how we do it. We we do life this way because this is the way our parents did it. This mm-hmm. is the way our grandparents did it. This is how this is how their parents did it. This is how the ancestors did it. This is how the slave masters made the ancestors mm-hmm. do it. But mm-hmm. I just want to pose a question: Is it possible that religion and the culture of Christianity unknowingly, or we allow Christianity? the culture of Christianity to unknowingly force us into abandoning, abandoning. Why can't I ever say that word? Abandoning (laughs) ourselves. Or dare I say, dehumanizing ourselves. What do you think, Natty? And then I'm going to give you the scripture. But what do you think? Do you think it's possible? Honestly, I do think it's possible. 100%. I have these conversations by myself, with myself on a regular Mm. basis. And I have had these conversations with my loved ones people closest to me, my immediately, my immediately, my immediate family. And my own, my own walk with God is so different now than it was 10 years ago. Same. And I do feel like it's more expansive. I do feel more liberated because I really have thrown off religion mm-hmm. and let the essence of my own relationship with God. Cause they're always saying, everyone's always saying, you know, it's about a personal relationship, right? Okay. Well, I took that to heart. It really is about a personal relationship. So as I have cultivated that, and I have for almost 10 years, not so much on a daily basis anymore, but for a long time, a daily basis for almost 10 years, asked in earnest for grace for the day and wisdom for the day. I do firmly believe that the Lord has met me where I was at and answered my prayers in that regard and given me the wisdom that I needed to live my life and to cope also and process all of the things that were going on around me. So I do think that part of the wisdom that God, the Holy Spirit, um, some might even say universe, whatever you want to call it, has bestowed upon me in these years that I've been steadily, deliberately, intentionally asking for it. Some of that wisdom has been the wisdom to see exactly when, where, and how I abandon myself Mm -hmm. for others. And many times in the name of religion. And every single instance where I was shown that, I was shown just how deeply I was harmed and just how deeply that wasn't what the Lord wanted for me. It's like, oh, you're doing all of this stuff for what everyone's telling you is for me and it's for the church and this and that and the other. Mm -hmm. I actually never said that. I actually never wanted that for you. That's not why I put you on this earth. Um, I put you on this earth for the very different, very different reason. And you've been living your life for all of these other reasons which were dictated to you by people with an agenda, and it was not my agenda. Mm, And yeah, it's always been about abandoning. And we've talked about this several Mm -hmm. times, about abandoning ourselves, about, Mm -hmm. yes, and and, and in abandoning ourselves, we are engaging in dehumanizing ourselves. Absolutely. In taking on, putting on the cape Mm -hmm. and the mask Mm -hmm. and hiding behind those things, we are 100% dehumanizing ourselves Mm -hmm. because we're not presenting ourselves as the full-fleshed, multifaceted, multidimensional human beings that we are. When we pretend that we don't have emotions that aren't always happy, <laughs> when we pretend that we're not affected by something, mm-hmm. or even when we're only allowing our anger to lead instead of our joy, all of those things, we are presenting ourselves as not fully human. And so that is dehumanizing us. 
And yes, we got that way largely by the influence of other people who definitely had an agenda. And nine times out of 10, that agenda was to control us. And if it wasn't to solely control us, it was definitely to extract from us. Wow. Okay, sis. I see you. <laughs> <laughs> Listen. I thought. <laughs> you do have thoughts. Okay. <laughs> so I want to back up a little bit because you said what I was put on this earth to do mm-hmm. or put on this earth to be. I forgot exactly mm-hmm. how you worded it, but you said to put on this earth. So I want to go back to the scripture, John 3, 16. Ooh. that we've all like every Christian has committed to ministry like I learned it well actually I started a going to kid. church I yeah I just started going to church when I was 16 you were still a kid yeah that's my mom got saved when I was 16 and life mm-hmm. changed y'all let me tell mm-hmm. you <laughs> changed everything changed <laughs> but anyway so John 3 16 I know everybody knows the scripture but I'm gonna read it anyway for God to love the world that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him might not perish, but have eternal life. So I got to thinking about that. And I was like, so here God is up in heaven on his throne, doing the things he does. And if you're listening to this and want to be a part of a community of sisters supporting sisters through the ebbs and flows of life, come be a part of the SOS Virtual Sister Circle, where we gather monthly to chat it up about all the things that concern us while also holding each other accountable with love. Accountable for how we see ourselves, treat ourselves, walk through the world, and how we allow others to treat us as well. Join us today at ShaysaStraw.com. He looks out at a world filled with people that need, air quotes, saving. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so he's just like, you know what? I am going to sacrifice the person I love the absolute most. I'm assuming he did love him the absolute Mm -hmm. most because it doesn't speak of any other family in heaven. So I'm just thinking, you know, she's a son. They all each other got. Mm -hmm. And so he's just like, okay, so I'm going to put him on this earth, like Natty said, to save these people. From themselves. When you read this passage, it's like the ultimate sacrifice, is it not? It's the ultimate sacrifice. When I think about my life, and I'm not saying that I did it based on this passage, but just think about the the environment that you grew up in. And when I think about my life, the sacrifices that I make are huge. The sacrifices that I make concerning other people are not because I'm trying to help me or save me, but because I'm trying to help or, or air quote, save them. Mm-hmm. And so did this passage contribute to the way I've been doing life all this time? <laughs> like, mm. did, did I, did at the age of 16, learn, and I learned about God before then, because my grandma took us to church all the time, but that's when I was saved, air quote, saved. Mm-hmm. But did my knowing this passage and letting this be the foundation of my Christian belief lead me to believe that life is about sacrifice Mm. and sacrificing the person that I absolutely love the most, who is me? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Did this passage contribute to that? That's a fair question. That's a fair question. That's a fair question because when you think about the culture of Christianity, This has been my experience that nowhere in that culture are you encouraged to put yourself first. Right. No one in nowhere in that culture are you encouraged to 
to love you first. Right, right. It's always been God first, your family, your neighbors, and somewhere up in there, throw yourself in. So how do you undo or unlearn these beliefs that are, that have been embedded in you? Because this is what you grew up knowing. And do we get to hold Christianity accountable for the things that they have led us to believe? I think that's a really fair question and fair statement. When you say holding accountable, I'm thinking mainly about people because, you know, we, you and I are of a certain generation, of course, and we were both raised in church, of course. Mm -hmm. And a lot of these younger people have not, that has not really been their experience. Right. And so they are coming forth, not with questions that no one's ever had before, because there are definitely people in our generation that all ha- also had these kinds of questions, but they were never supported in their curiosity, the way mm-hmm. I see younger people being supported now, which I think is a good thing. But those people would say things like, yeah, you are basing your entire life on a book that was written mm-hmm. by a bunch of men mm-hmm. and oh, translated, and oh yes, and translated through centuries by different men who also had their own agendas. It has been mentioned many times that the King James Bible was translated certain way, certain things were translated certain ways because King James himself wanted them translated this way, especially stuff around queerness, even though he himself might have been queer. So it raises the question wait a minute. Yes, some of those men who wrote it might have been inspired by God. I'm not saying that they weren't, Mm -hmm. but these were still human beings writing things. Right. And human beings, as we all know, every single one of us is one. So we all know that we're fallible. We all know that we are capable of making mistakes. We all know that even when we are inspired, we can still get things wrong. That's why Shirley and I so often talk about being in the practice of things because yeah, we get things wrong. Because we're human beings and human beings are supposed to get things wrong. We are not all seeing, all knowing. That's why there are multiple perspectives to truth because everyone adds their own lived experience to things. I can be in my part of where I live and say, oh, the sky is blue. But I also know because I was just there this morning that 30 minutes away, the sky actually doesn't look blue. It looks gray. Both things are true. They're both things are the truth. You know what I mean? So all of us have our own vision, the part of the truth that we can see. The Bible also even says this, we know in part, we see in part. All of us sees a part of the thing. So even when we're fully inspired, divinely inspired, even, mm-hmm. we're only seeing part of a thing. We only know part of a thing. So these men that wrote the thing also knew part of a thing. That's why there are four different gospels. There are four different accounts of the exact same event because each one had their truth of what happened. So if we're all human beings and we're all fallible, then how is it that we have allowed ourselves to put our own experience, our own knowledge gained through experience on, not even on the back burner, but just outside the house, in the outside trash. Outside the house, in honey, favor, non-existent. Exactly. In favor of strangers that we don't know who and who also had their own agendas. I think that's a very fair question. That is a very fair question. And so when you know that, and then you see, oh, this, based on what they said, here we are living our lives this particular way. Then yeah, I think you're right, Shirley. I think we're, we, we have every right to call that stuff into account. 
Because honestly, like follower, followers of God, and again, I love God, mm-hmm. but like Natty, my relationship is very different very from different. what it was when I was 16 years old because I've come into my own knowledge mm-hmm. and belief and desire for how I want to experience life. And mm-hmm. that does not mean that I am experiencing life without God. Right. I am still experiencing life with God, but my relationship with him, relationship being the key word, is very different from how I was led to believe it should be. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So as a follower of God, I came up believing that in order for me to exemplify God, in order for me to be godly, like in order for me to live by what would Jesus do? Mm-hmm. then I had to abandon mm-hmm. who I am and who I was created to be. I don't believe that I was created to hustle and grind all the time. I don't believe that I was created to be the sacrificial lamb for mm-hmm. everybody in my mm-hmm. circle. I don't mm-hmm. believe that. And so my relationship with God has changed to reflect what I believe. I believe that God wants me to honor this temple that he gave me. And in honoring my body, I'm honoring everything that comes along with that. In order for me to honor that, then I have to take care of it. And if I'm out here sacrificing Cheryl to save other people, not really taking care of it. I'm not taking care of it. If I'm (laughs) sacrificing Cheryl to take care of people that I genuinely love and care about, am I taking care of the temple that he gave me? Not exactly. (laughs) So my relationship with God has drastically changed. And some people I can't have that conversation with because they don't want to understand. (laughs) Do not. Yeah. yeah. And that's because they, they have their own experience and they believe what they believe, but my relationship with God has changed based on what I hold to be true about why he created me. Yes. Why he put Same. me on this earth. Same. And so I'm not, I'm not a martyr. Right. I'm not walking around here pretending like I am because right. God ain't create me for that. He did not create me for that. And so, and y'all probably not going to like this either, but when it comes to the Bible, if it doesn't apply, I let it fly. like i'm being 100 real here there are and and, and i'm not discounting the bible but i don't because of what natty said i don't live my life by a bible that was written by men that was air quotes inspired by god because guess who else inspired by god me yep (laughs) yep Yeah, and I am by no means discounting God, the Bible, or anything. I'm just telling you what I'm just really sharing what my my relationship with God looks like now at this stage yeah. in my life. I still love God. I still have a relationship right. with God, but He and I have our own one on one communication, and He can speak to me That's just right. like He spoke to these men who allegedly right. wrote this Bible. Right. And so that's how I live my life because I'm not going to be the sacrificial lamb. I'm not going to be the martyr. I'm not going to just like, you know, sacrifice me for others. Like I'm, I'm, I'm just not going to do that. And so that brings me to the passage in Genesis. Let me grab it right quick for y'all, y'all. Turn with me if you will. <laughs> Let me find it, y'all. Genesis, the second chapter, verses two through three. 
See, I've been to church. I know how they do it. (laughs) And on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done and he rested. And I don't know what what version of the Bible this is. I copied it off Google. And he rested on the seventh day from all of his work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it, God rested from all his work. That he had done in creation. Y'all, when I when, when this one dropped in my spirit, I was like, okay, is this why people don't want to rest? Mm. Because we do all the things and we got to make sure all the things are done so that we can earn rest. You know? Ooh, having to earn rest. Good yes. Because now this is just my interpretation, but this is kind of what this scripture is implying. God finished all his work. And then when he had done all of it, he rested. So did God have to earn rest before he rested? Did he have to do all the things and then rest? Is this where we got this from? And I'm not saying that it is. I'm just posing a question. Yeah. And I think it's fair. You don't have to earn rest, ladies. Right. It's just like I was telling you the other day, Natty. I had made a um I was telling you and Nancy the other day, I made a to-do list of all the things that I needed to do that day for my business. Mm-hmm. And so I finished all the things I needed to do probably within two to three hours. I think I started working around 9 30, 10-ish, and I was done working by one. But mm-hmm. it wasn't enough for me. I was just like, you can't just be sitting around here the rest of the day doing nothing. You gotta mm-hmm. do more things. Mm-hmm. And so then I added more things to my list because I didn't feel like I had done enough to sit around and not do anything. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so I just wonder, I just wonder, is this I mean, the stuff comes from somewhere, right? (laughs) The way we think and the way we act, it comes from somewhere. Yeah. Because (laughs) I mean, like I said in the beginning, like we, we attributed a lot of the things to the way our parents and grandparents did things and how, you know, the slave owners treated our ancestors, but we've never attributed to the Christianity, the culture of Christianity. We've never, or have we, I don't know. I've never heard anyone say anything about it, you know, but yeah. Is this why we feel like we got to earn rest? Well, I mean, the, the Christianity that our ancestors received at the hands of enslavers was their particular brand of Christianity, again, because they had an agenda. Exactly. So they were told certain things and they had to adhere to it. Otherwise, they would face very real violence uh, or just additional violence to the violence that they were already facing on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. They were also told that they, they, there, were also, there was also the rule that they, they weren't allowed to read. So they couldn't read it for right, themselves exactly, to see what it yes. actually said, uh-huh. if it actually said things that they were being told it said. So again, it's an agenda. And then through the generations, a lot of stuff gets passed on. And it doesn't mean that we can't go and read read it for ourselves now. Of course right. we can. But then that still brings into question like, okay, but who, who wrote this and why? Or who wrote this translation and why? And what did they have to gain by translating certain things a certain way? All of those questions come into play. And like what you were saying about, you know, being a martyr and all this kind of stuff, you started out with God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, right? Mm-hmm. That whosoever believes in him should become a martyr? Like, that's not what it says, right? It says shouldn't perish, but have everlasting life. Oh, okay. So yeah, why are we, why are we becoming martyrs? Why are we making these sacrifices? We were told also that Jesus made the ultimate sacrifice for us. So what are we sacrificing for? 
Like I thought the whole point was, oh, he made the sacrifice already so that we don't have to. So we're being told certain things. We're being shown a way to live that is antithetical. And then sometimes we're being told certain things that are translated and interpreted a certain way. And I, I've, I've told, I've told my own kid this. <laughs> I do believe that a lot of times it is to benefit certain people and not to benefit mm-hmm. others. Cause you and I, yes, we, we grew up thinking we had to do all the sacrificing for in, everything and everybody. But as I have lived my life, I have noticed that other people who purport to know Jesus and love Jesus and all of this, they don't do a darn bit of sacrificing. They're not, how come we're not all sacrificing? If that's what we all really believe, how come certain people aren't sacrificing anything? There are certain people that clearly believe that they don't need to be martyrs for anything, unless they're trying to be emotional martyrs and manipulating other people. But that's something that's something different. But like, they're not actually trying to, oh, I'm going to just give all my blood, sweat and tears for these people over here who I don't even know. You don't see a lot of people doing that. Mm-mm. Meanwhile, we were expected to do that, or we were shown to do that. We were conditioned through what we were shown, through societal expectations, what we were told, all of that, to do that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And as I've said before, to our detriment, to my physical detriment, to our emotional, our mental, and yes, our spiritual detriment. So yeah, this is why it's important to ask questions. I don't think God is afraid of us. I don't think God is afraid of us having doubts. I don't think God is afraid of us having questions. I think God is quite eager to listen to our questions and maybe even answer them. I know that God has been answering my questions on a regular basis because Mm -hmm. I've been asking for, you know, and there's some things I haven't gotten the answer to yet. Oh, well, but there are lots of things I have gotten answers to. I have gotten insight on because I've asked for that. So being like, oh, well, we don't question this or we don't question that or you're posing this question. So now we're offended. I'm like, why are you offended when I don't think God is? You believe in God, right? So if God is not shaking in his boots why are you like we should be able to ask my my kids can ask me questions when we have close relationships with people we should be able to talk freely we should be able to ask questions and answer questions what you said about your relationship with god being very different now yeah i'm in the same boat my relationship with god is extremely not the same it is so different and i will tell you without a shadow of doubt it is much better it's much better now than it's ever been Bang. because I feel like, you know, things are, things are being made clearer for me. I'm seeing a lot of things more clear. I'm mm-hmm. not seeing everything clearly, but I'm not meant to know every single thing that there is to know in the universe. But the things that I can know, I'm seeing more clearly as life goes on. And those are all things that I didn't see clearly at all about when I was knee deep in religion, doing everything to please people and not God. People who were telling me their interpretations of the Bible, people giving me so-called prophetic words based on what they thought was proper for me or what they wanted to see me doing. Yeah, I don't live my life that way anymore. And I don't have to live my life to please God. God is already pleased with me. He created me. Uh I don't have to earn his love. He already loved me, period. So maybe he wants me to live, like I said at the beginning, in a way that reflects why he even brought me here. And that's like amazing. And I get to think every day about, okay, like, well, what else is there? What, What else is part of why I'm here? And I get to discover that. 
But you're absolutely right. None of that involves sacrificing and abandoning Mm -mm. and, and towing a line for any other human being. Say a lot of for the church folk in the back. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, (laughs) I I told her, I was going to say the whole purpose of this episode, but I honestly just wanted, I just wanted to have this conversation because it, you know, it it was dropped in my spirit. But the thing that I want us to take from the conversation is that you have a right. It's your God given right, mind you, Mm -hmm. to question and explore a thing, even if that thing is a biblical passage, Mm -hmm. because at the end of the day, we, I don't attend church anymore. No, me and me and God, we have our own relationship at home. Mm-hmm. But you cannot go sit in a, in a church in a sanctuary and listen to a man preach for 30, 45 minutes, an hour, hour and a half, however long he preaches, and then not go home and get your Bible because he's giving you scripture and prove what's being taught. And when I say prove, I mean, does it align with I, I believe about God? Does it align with what I believe about why God created? Because guess what? You can trust yourself. Mm-hmm. You, God gave you that gift too. He gave you that gift too. You can trust yourself. So I'm not saying abandon church. I'm not saying ab- abandon the Bible. I'm, I'm most certainly not saying abandon God. I am saying, and I think there's a scripture in the Bible that says, study to show thyself And for me, that just means whatever that man in that pool pit said, then I need to go back and get my Bible, read it for myself and see if it aligns with what God has spoken to me. And that's all I'm saying. That's pretty much this conversation in a nutshell. I'm saying examine why you believe what you believe. I'm saying examine why you feel like you can't rest. Examine why Mm -hmm. you feel like everybody Mm -hmm. else's wants and needs have to take priority over yours. I'm saying examine why you got to run yourself ragged before you feel like you've earned rest. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm saying. I'm not saying abandon anything that you know or you hold to be true about the God you serve. That's not what I'm saying. Maybe just stop abandoning your own well-being because I doubt that that's what God wants for you. Absolutely. Stop abandoning yourself in the name of religion, in the name of what other people have dictated you to you. This is how you should live. This is what you should do because this is how I've interpreted the Bible. Stop abandoning yourself in the name of stuff like that. Right. It's just like it's just like we we we're constantly saying I don't want to dehumanize myself in the name of being stronger. However, we mm-hmm, write mm-hmm. we, we worded it, but also don't dehumanize yourself in the name of religion, right? In the name right. of Christianity, mm-hmm. don't dehumanize yourself. Period, because that is not the life. That is not what God created you for. What did Jesus say? He said something about coming that. We might have life. And I have came it more that you abundantly. might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. Yes, he said that. So shouldn't we be able to live this abundant life right now? Yes. Because a lot of people will tell you, again, I, I stay on this whole agenda thing. A lot of people will tell you all about heaven and about doing things so that in heaven, you'll be able to enjoy in heaven. But you can enjoy here on earth. In heaven, you'll be able no, to get I'm your reward. Here. And 
if my reward is only in heaven and I'm expecting, I'm hoping to live a very long life here, you're basically telling me I'm only meant to suffer here. And if I'm meant to suffer here, how come everyone isn't suffering? That looks weird to me. If I love God just as much as the dude down the street, who's the pastor or who's the priest or who's a millionaire, if we love God just as much, how come only one of us is suffering? Oh, so you're saying, okay, fine. I got to wait until I get to this other place to experience all my reward. And it's, you know, it's really tough for a rich man to get into heaven. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. But again, he said that we would all have life more abundantly. My life doesn't feel super abundant right now. So how come we're not all experiencing the same abundance? Because we all love God. You, You know what I'm saying? These are questions that just pop up for me on a regular basis. And these are the questions that I pose all the time in my own relationship. Like, no, really, what's that about? And I I will wait patiently for whatever insight you're going to give me. But yeah, what's that about? What's that about? Because I can look forward to a reward and I can look forward to rest and I can look forward to all the abundant things in heaven. But that doesn't actually help me in the here and now. That doesn't help my mental health in the here and now. Uh Doesn't help my emotional or physical health in the here and now. And right now in the here and now is where I actually need help. So I would rather, I mean, I'd rather have both. I'd rather have the eternal abundant life in the after and here now. But right now, because I have kids and I have a family and I have um, myself, my own well-being to tend to, I want to have that abundant life here too. Hard thing. So anywho, we said what we said. (laughs) (laughs) And we know you have thoughts too. So... We want to hear your thoughts. Like, what are your thoughts on the culture of Christianity contributing to us abandoning ourselves mm-hmm. and contributing to the way we love ourselves? What are your or thoughts? Or don't so, love ourselves. Or don't love Ooh. ourselves. Like, no. Yeah. <laughs> we, want, we want to hear the things. We want to hear your thoughts. So, like we say every episode, we shade your strong across every social media platform. Hit us up, slide in our DMs. If you don't want to do that. Shoot us an email, hi at shadystrong.com. Or if you want to have a deeper conversation about this, come be on the podcast. Shoot, we could talk all day. Yeah. These are conversations. They're not easy conversations, but they're conversations that need to be had. I and think they're, they're necessary. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're necessary. Questions that need that need to be answered. I do want to leave you with, with one last thing. Love God with all your heart and love your neighbor as yourself. How much do you love yourself? And is that why you don't love your neighbor? I want to love my, I want to love my neighbors. I really do. I don't mean the people that just live next door to me. I want to love my neighbors. So in order to do that, I'm going to have to love myself. In order to do that, I got to learn not to abandon myself because abandonment isn't love at all. So if we're going to follow, if we're going to follow it, I mean, are we going to follow it or are we going to follow it? So, Hey, if I love God with all my heart, then God is, I have to believe that God is the one showing me how to love myself. Absolutely. He's showing me how to not abandon myself so that I can love myself, so that I can in turn love my neighbor as I love myself. There are a lot of people out here with a lot of hatred in their hearts. We as Black women especially know that to be true. Bunch of folks out here that don't love themselves at all. That might be why they don't love us. And if they don't love themselves, then how much do they really believe in what they're reading or telling us to believe? I'm questioning if you love God. Okay. I'm just saying. Okay.
Questions that need answers. Questions that need answers. Yes. All right, guys. That's <laughs> it. And that's all. We hope you took something meaningful for this from this conversation. We we hope it caused you to pause. Yeah. And so until next time, dare to do strong differently. 